you are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue, Thursday, October 26th, and we have another episode chocked full of NFL for you. Uh, Last episode of October, we are almost at the halfway point of the NFL regular season. Time is flying by. Uh, Football has been fantastic. Our bets this past week were not. Hoping to get back on the right side of things. Had our first 0-5 week. Kind of stings a little bit. It's been a while. But we'll climb back on the horse. That one hurts. That one hurts. We're still above 50. We're still above 50% on the season. Uh, so let's let's get this thing turned back around today. We're going to start it off with Tim's rant on Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, the New York Giants, and kind of obviously to go with that, the Chicago Bears, uh, the organizations and their quarterbacks. We will get into hits and misses to close out the first segment. Into the second segment, we will have our quarterback rankings through week seven, and then we will have week eight NFL predictions going through every pick of the week coming up and then into the third segment we will have our week eight bets on a budget like i said looking to turn things around and then of course the game of the week to finish things off so we are full of content today it's a good show thanks for stopping by and find us on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify uh youtube itunes uh amazon music amazon prime video and of course iHeartRadio and the iHeartRadio app my god there's so many I lost track. There. <laughs> um, let's start, yeah, like you said, with uh, with the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor now uh, starting due to the Daniel Jones injury. Um, and then, of course, Tyson Badgent, you know, the, the, the D2 guy, Shepard University, shout out PSAC there. Um, you know, winning for Chicago with Justin Fields being out. It, there's, there's the obvious similarity of two starters, both, I don't want to say hyped, because I, I, I don't think Daniel Jones gets a lot of hype. But the contract, you know, he's, he's got a massive contract. Justin Fields, obviously, with a ton of hype, YouTube highlights type guy. Um, besides that, look at how those games, not only not only that they won, it's how they won. Isn't it weird that Chicago doesn't run the football that good? Their offensive line hasn't been that good all year. And, you know, DJ Moore's good, but then outside of that, they kind of lack anything else on the outside. And... They're cycling through running backs, and their defense really hasn't been all that good. And then Justin Fields is out, and they hold them to to 12 points. Now, I know it's Brian Hoyer, but, I mean, they still got good pieces. Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, right? Like, they still have good offensive pick, good offensive line for the most part. Good offensive pieces, held them to 12 points. Didn't, they didn't get a rhythm. They had six garbage time points at the end. So basically held them to six points when it actually mattered. Well, Chicago doesn't run the football very well. No, actually, they ran the ball really well with like a third-string running back. Their offensive line lets up a lot. No, no, no not that many sacks either. Uh, Tyson Badgett, I don't know, efficient, made the right plays, moved the sticks consistently. It's how that game was won. It was everything that we say Chicago isn't showed up when they needed it most. And then I begs the question, well, then what's really the problem in Chicago? And you could say, well, it's not Justin Fields. I mean, look what he has to work with. D2. D2 comes in. Wins an NFL game. I don't care who it's against. It's an NFL franchise. It's an NFL team. That is an NFL team on the other sideline. And when Justin Fields is looking at an NFL team on the other sideline, he's 6-25. and 25. I'm, I don't know what you want me to tell you. He's 6-25 and 25 when there's an NFL franchise on the other sideline from him. Tyson Badgett, one to know as a starter. I look, I know it's a small sample. I'm not I'm not advocating to pick this D two guy who really I mean, look, he was fine. He moved the chains. Let's not act like he's, you know, an NFL starter. Let's let's pump the brakes on that. I'm not saying let's make the switch to Tyson Badgett. My point is that if if nothing else, that tells you right there, it's time to move on. It's the, it's time to move off Justin Fields. Did you see how they called the game? Run game, complimentary football, field position, keeping them off balance, play action, efficiency. Justin Fields is, hey, kid, drop back and try to make something happen, run around a little bit, throw, throw, throw the ball to DJ Moore if that doesn't work. I got nothing for it. Like, 
that was how the game should be played. It's almost like they're trying to cater too much to Justin when he's in the game instead of just calling the right play. They're so worried about justifying this draft pick, even though they didn't pick him. They're so worried, we got to make Justin Fields work, right? He's the guy. He's got to run around and make all these big... No, 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 he's got to move the chains, right? He's got to win football games, and he doesn't. And it's the same thing in New York with Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. I much prefer the Tyrod Taylor Giants, like significantly prefer the Tyrod Taylor Giants over the Daniel Jones Giants. It's not really all that close. Could you imagine that roster <laughs> if Tyrod Taylor was the starter and that was the salary for your starting quarterback instead of paying Daniel Jones 40-something million? Imagine if you're paying Tyrod, like, what, seven? I have, that's a total guess. I don't know, probably less than 10. He's a backup. Imagine what you would have around him. And he's winning games with what he has around him now. Came within, what, five points of Buffalo? I know he didn't play all that well, but still. He's a grown-up in the room. Again, same thing. Instead of trying to justify this Daniel Jones, we reached for him at number six, and 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 he was really mediocre, and we still gave him $40 million. So now we have to justify why we gave... Aldi brand Eli Manning, $40 million. Instead of just calling the right play. Instead of running the football, getting Saquon Barkley in space. Jalen Hyatt, you're faster than almost anybody on the field. Run. Let's throw the ball to you, deep. They just make the right plays now instead of the Daniel Jones plays, which usually turn out to be the wrong play. These NFL franchises, you won this week, both on the field and off the field. And I know Chicago fans are like, what are you talking about? Our, our franchise quarterback is out and we won. Now there's all this questioning in the franchise. That's good. You're supposed to question it in the franchise because he's not good enough to be your starter. Hopefully your franchise woke up and said, ooh, yeah, we're going to have two of the top five picks. Let's go ahead and take one of the generational prospects that are next. Right? It's time to move on. Same thing in New York. I... If you want to keep Brian Dable, you're, you're going to have to move off Daniel Jones because Brian Dable's not going to put up with Daniel Jones. So you you take your pick. If the owner steps in and says, Daniel Jones is my starter no matter what, Dable's gone. Point blank, end of story. He's gone. Whether whether he whether he leaves on his own accord because he said, I can't win with this, or he tries to win with it, doesn't, and ends up getting fired, he'll be gone either way and you'll lose one of the best head coaches in football. I think he's top 10 already. Or you can let him roll with his guy, Tyrod Taylor, for a year, draft the next guy, move on, eat the dead cap. You're paying a, you know, a rookie quarterback and a Tyrod Taylor salary, basically two rookie quarterback salaries. And you, you reboot. You move on by year two with that young quarterback's career. You're in a great cap spot. He's got a ton of talent, a great offensive coach. It's time to reboot it. It's time to move on. I, both of these franchises, you want on the field. You also want off the field. You guys finally have clarity. You don't have the guy. You don't have the guy. Hey, look, I'm a Pittsburgh fan. Is there an argument I'd rather be where Chicago is right now as a franchise than where Pittsburgh is? I know it sounds crazy, but people are 100% going to talk themselves into Kenny Pickett. And I don't mind Kenny Pickett. I don't. But we're going to roll with the defensive culture. We're going to keep paying our defense a ton of money. And we're going to go ahead and win anywhere between 8 and 10 games for the next you know, 11 years. Probably win two playoff games. And then that'll be it. And we're going to hear the same moaning and groaning. Oh, the play calling and Tomlin and Kenny. Kenny's got He's not good enough. He's good, but he's not good enough. Would you rather be Kirk Cousins and, and that? Like, I'd rather be bad, get clarity. It's a great quarterback class. Move on. You now know what you need. That's it. You now know what you need. Yeah, uh, I'm all for gaining clarity, but at the same time, we have to remember what these organizations have been as of late. And yeah, there might be mumblings about it, but who knows if anything actually does end up changing here. Because I could so see the Bears doing a total Bear thing and just being like, no, after after further thought, we've decided to stick with our guy, Justin well, Fields. Yeah, and I think, I think once he's healthy, you play him the rest of the year. But if you're talking like in terms of the draft, yeah. if they have two of the top five picks, you'd be out of your mind. You'd yeah, what be if they don't out take a of your mind to not take a quarterback. I would love to see that happen just to hear the rant on that. Six and twenty-five. I think we'd have to clear the entire episode. Six and twenty-five. <laughs> I mean, in the ten games he hasn't played, they're five and five. Yeah, they win almost as many games in what sixty percent less opportunities. They win almost almost the same amount of games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Flip, I mean, flipping it over to the Giants real quick too. Um, did you really notice that much of a gap in, in 
play and difference of play between Tyrod Taylor and Hell, gap. Tyrod Taylor's better. I, that's what I was thinking, we too. We're talking about gap. If, there, if there's a gap, it's between Tyrod <laughs> up here and Daniel Jones. Gap, my ass. There's no gap Dude, at I, all. I would rather have Tyrod as my starting quarterback right now. 100%. Did you see some of those throws he was making down the seam, uh, down the 100, side? 100. And people are going to put up 14 He's points. Impressed. Like, people relax. forget that if he, he was a starting quarterback until he had his lung stabbed. Took the Bills of the playoffs multiple years before they got Josh Allen. Yeah. Multiple years. I mean, one I would take Tyrod Taylor right the best now. Absolutely. I don't know if he's the best backup. Oh, I think come I think on. Well well Gardner Minshew's technically well now he's a starter, but he's a backup. I would say Gardner's probably a little bit better. Okay. Younger's got a little bit more sizzle to him, I would say. Either way, they're good off. I mean Gardner put up what, thirty eight against that Browns defense? Yeah. I mean hey You know, Tyrod those, put up fourteen against Washington at home. If so those like, two I, guys are my backups, I'm happy with where I'm at if I'm an NFL. Yeah, player. for sure. For sure. I would take I would take Tyrod over Daniel I mean, who would you take Tyrod over in the league right now? I'd take him over Sam Howell probably. Yeah, yeah, but that, I would take him over Desmond to, Ritter. I would take him over Kyler Murray. Shut your <laughs> mouth! You would not I'm take bringing him over it Kyler back up. Murray. No. I would take him over Josh Dobbs, though. Oh yeah, their current starter. Yeah. I would take him over Josh Dobbs. Yeah. yeah. Either would way, you, there's an argument. I take him over Derek Carr right now, but Derek Carr's long term, no. But either way, it was a good discussion. All right, let's go. Time for hits and misses on a Thursday. Hit number one. I, it, over and over again, since basically since he came into the league, Tua against a good defense, shrink, against playoff caliber teams, he shrinks. It is what it is. I I don't think it's all his fault. The offensive line was missing a ton of starters. Um, and even when the starters are there, they're not very good. I like Mike McDaniel, but he's more of a finesse type of coach. And so against these more physical teams, he can get exposed a little bit as well. I thought Sirianni and company outcoached him, uh, which doesn't happen very often. I think he's a spectacular coach. Uh, it's just not good. They're, they're not a team that I think can go on the road and win against good teams, against playoff caliber teams. I don't think they're equipped to go on the road and win, especially if the weather is even a little bit windy or, or chilly or inclement, right? It just doesn't, that's not their style. They're going to win a ton of games against bad teams. And I know people are like, well, that's kind of how it goes. It's like, yes, that, that is how it goes. You, you tend to lose more against good teams. That That's how it goes. But if you want to separate yourself as a real contender, like uh, Cincinnati, which who they've started slow to, uh, Kansas City, even Buffalo, you got to win against good teams. Yeah, um, that's part of the the equation for sure. And it was upsetting. I, I took Miami this week. One thing I didn't think about was how easy their schedule had been up until that point. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that was upsetting and annoying was they kind of hung with them for a while, and then it was a good game, pretty back and forth, yeah. one possession. Uh, Miami, I mean, they were able to run an offense to some extent, but at the end of no the day, they just got worn down by Philadelphia. Yeah. By the fourth quarter, it didn't even look like the same game anymore. There was a lot of garbage time for sure, but even within that garbage time, like, they just looked lazy. They looked slow. Yeah, I would agree. Mr. One here, uh, I don't want to talk about it. We went 0-5 this week. Um, it was a rough one. It was a rough one. <laughs> yeah. Went 4-1 last week, right? Yeah. Uh, pull out the record here. Owen, Owen 5 this week. Look, I don't really know what to say there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you took all the opposites. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I guess we'll just go. We'll go game by game here. Detroit, I should have seen that one coming. Detroit, no. yes, they're improved, but did we really view any Detroit franchises can go on the road and beat a Baltimore? Probably not. So we should have known. We should have seen that one. But they've been the best team against the spread. So it's like even that I get burnt on. Right, like they have been the best team in football against the spread of the last four years. The best, or I guess Jared Goff's been the best quarterback. They've been the best team since Jared Goff's got there against the spread. Now, and we get burnt, burnt there. Buffalo, I didn't account for Josh Allen and that defense vomiting all over themselves. That was the most pathetic display of coaching I've ever seen. Sean McDermott should have been fired on the spot. Should have been that uh, was that. Um, was it Herm Edwards who got fired before he even left the game for Arizona yeah. State? They should have Herm Edwards his ass. He's terrible. Uh, Cleveland minus two. What game is one point? Are we actually... Is this real life? This is ridiculous. Like 2% of NFL games are one point games. It's, it's, games in the NFL are close. One point? Are we freaking kidding? Yeah. Is this a joke? Yeah. Uh, the Chargers who... Brandon Staley should have been fired two seasons ago. He shouldn't even have been hired if we're being honest. But that's... I should have known. We're never taking it. Add the Chargers to the list with Atlanta. With Atlanta. Um, until they fire Brandon Staley, they're on the the do not bet list. Um, and Brock Purdy's been exposed. So Yeah. Um, 
that hurts when primetime Kirk beats you. Uh, also, yeah. the Baltimore thing. Like, it's ridiculous. Looked, like, I, I get it, and it hurts that we got burnt like that. But to be fair, you were correct during predictions before that where we said, look, they're going to be playing inspired football this week. Really good team coming off. Why would I not just and, stick and, with that? And they, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're stupid. Hit number two here. I'll take a mini victory lap. Uh, yes, Kirk Cousins burned us, and we I, I played the odds. But I've been saying for since this show has been a thing, Kirk Cousins is a really solid NFL quarterback. He is not the problem in Minnesota. He is really, really above average. He is a top... 10 to 12 quarterback. I think he's fantastic. He's really, really productive. Veteran guy. Um, for the most part, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I feel like when he does, it can snow. It can, you know, pile on a little bit. It can yeah. Snowball. S- thank you. Thank Rather you. Quickly. I was going to say snowplow. Uh, <laughs> it can snowball really, really quickly. So if he's got a bad game, it's a bad game. But those don't happen often. Kirk Cousins is a really above average quarterback. Yeah, it's good when th- good things snowplow together. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep building. No, it's... Uh, We've always been a fan of Kirk on the show. I mean, yes, he's had his He's a issues. really good quarterback. He's had his drawbacks, but, I mean, every quarterback does. Um, and he's been able to win in some in some good spots. And now, I mean, it's not like the Vikings really have a shot right now. I still don't like the way their team's playing as a whole and collectively. But, I mean, it's, it's at it's, least a step in the right yeah, direction for Minnesota. It's, it's wild to me when I see people support, like, Daniel Jones. And yet, Kirk Cousins gets still gets no flack. It's he gets ridiculous. No it doesn't make any sense. Miss number two here. I, I didn't expect Detroit, like I said, this to just vomit all over themselves. I mean, again, we probably should have because it's Detroit, you know. And even when they have good years, it's still Detroit. Yeah. Um, but that's they're a good football team. Again, really good against the spread. Jared Goff's been a really good quarterback. Jameer Gibbs is a very nice running back. They have good weapons on the outside. Their defense has been playing as a, at a top ten clip. I didn't expect Lamar to go out and go 300 yards in the first half. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was a clinic. It was wild. Yeah, I think that speaks more so to Baltimore than it does badly about Detroit. You know yeah, what I, mean? I, I agree. I like, agree. I think that's that's a that's an anomaly for the Lions right now to give up that amount of yards. Historically, no, but right now, well, yes, right, right now, now yes, yes right as now. it stands this season. I mean, we they've played better than that consistently. And, like, let's not forget. Like, I, people get amnesia. Like, I and I hear people be like, Baltimore's the best team in football. I, I just saw them shit on the middle of the field in at Heinz Field yeah, two weeks in ago. Pittsburgh, yeah. Like I just I just saw their offensive line forget how to play football two weeks ago. Like let's you know let's not get too much recency bias here. Like they weren't very good just two weeks ago. Like that's question. what I thought we might see. Do we have a time for a quick sidebar? Yeah. Uh, we have. So uh, I did, I don't know if you saw the list or not. ESPN NFL put it out. The best defenses. Now I how is were, Pittsburgh I, not on there? They weren't even an honorable mention. They weren't even an honorable mention. And like you were talking about the the Ravens not looking like they knew how to play offense or have any semblance of an offensive line when they were in Pittsburgh. Does that say more about Pittsburgh? Or does that say more about Baltimore? Because like Pittsburgh. nobody has been able to score points other than the San Francisco 49ers in week one against Pittsburgh uh, and Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of that, our defense has been immaculate. And they didn't make agree. the top, what, six or seven that ESPN posted? I'm with you. It's it's ridiculous. Weird. Uh, hit number three, are Trevor Lawrence and the Jags have a chance to be a really high seed. And it's weird. I wonder who... Oh, that's right. We did because they have a weak schedule, a really good quarterback. Everybody's selling their Jacksonville stock after a one and two start. Oh, wow. They've won four straight. Big surprise. Like, okay. Generational quarterback. Really nice weapons. Super Bowl winning head coach. Run game who started to come into it. Who could have seen it coming? Like, oh, I don't know. People that watch football. Yeah. I know you guys don't watch the Jags. Try it. You should try putting them on the TV. They're a good product. That's a good football team. Like, who saw it coming? People that watch the games. Sounds, Us. Sounds a lot like people that don't have Red Zone. You yeah, know I mean? they should. Yeah, you Stream East. You don't even have to actually pay Free. for Red Zone now. Or, or you could pay for it, do it legally. Six bucks a month, NFL Plus. Yeah, I probably shouldn't advocate for illegal streaming. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> ESPN, if you're seeing this, I actually pay for it too. I would log in under the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, that's password sharing. Somebody. Oh, I actually have my own account. Um. <laughs> Miss number three here, Justin Herbert, love him, and I don't think he's the problem. Uh, but I got to be fair here. If I kill Justin Fields for not winning, I have to, you know, I have to at least put an asterisk next to Herbert right now. He's he doesn't win a lot of games, and I don't think that's again. I don't think that's his fault. Everything they do well is all Justin Herbert related. Everything they don't do well is everything that Justin Herbert has no part in. Defense, run game, coaching, coaching <laughs> situational awareness, like. Clock management, like everything they management. everything they don't do, risk aversion, like everything they don't do well, he's got no no part. Everything they do well is Justin Herbert. Like yeah. what do they what do they do well? They can pass the ball, 
pretty good on third down, pretty good in the red zone. It's like, <laughs> well, that's weird because it's like all Justin Herbert related stuff. So right. I, and half the time he's well, running it and taking it himself. So yeah, I, I don't think he's the problem, but but I will say it's a miss because I thought he would be better at this point in terms of leading his team to wins and an overall team success. We can argue about the factors of it all day long, but the fact of the matter is they don't win a lot of games and he's no. at the helm. So I got to be fair. If I'm going to criticize Justin Fields for it, I got to at least point it back on uh, on Herbert. Yeah, I mean, he's got to take his medicine, too. He's just as responsible. If you're the quarterback of an NFL franchise and that franchise isn't doing well, even though you are playing good, it falls on you. That's part of the responsi- that's, responsibility. That's, that's why he gets $260 million or Exactly, yeah. exactly. You are the logo on the car. You are what people associate with the team. When the team's not doing well, I'm sorry, but you're attached well, to it. You're the CEO, so somebody in manufacturing – screws up and you and you ship something wrong and now your company's in in shambles for a week yeah you're the ceo like who's are you putting the factory worker up on the podium nope (laughs) you're the ceo and you're talking about it yeah you gotta go answer questions that's herbert right now so 100 percent. that's all we got hits and misses guys uh was a good one there when we come back we will have our quarterback rankings along with our week eight nfl predictions every pick for every game don't miss it All right, we are back. The waning days of October, 26th of October. We appreciate you joining us on this Thursday here, uh, post-week 7 of the NFL, heading into week 8. We usually do the top 10 uh, teams every four weeks, so next week we'll do the top 10 NFL teams. We haven't done a top 10 NFL quarterback list in a while, so we're going to start there. If you missed it, we had a little rant, or at least I did, about uh, the Giants and and the Bears, right? Getting some clarity. Two backup quarterbacks getting wins this week. Are they making the right decision with their franchise quarterbacks, Justin Fields and Daniel Jones? I you know, would disagree that they are making the right decision, but you know, maybe they're going to move off them. Did they get some clarity this weekend? Go back and watch that. Uh, we also had hits and misses in the first segment. We will push uh, predictions back one. Um, bets on a budget back to the third segment. We'll have games of the week as well to finish it out. So still getting all, all the good segments in. But we're going to add those top 10 NFL quarterbacks, right? Who is, who's leading the team's victor? We know quarterbacks are the most important position. So that's why we're going to key in on it. I like it. Um, it's it feels good. Uh, we're not doing the news this week, but at the end of the day, ah, screw it. We get, I, we get to like every story in some fashion. Exactly, and plus, I mean, the top ten quarterbacks is a much I'm, it's a more relevant list at this point. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. We're seven weeks through the year, um, and I think it's super relevant. All right, so going into week eight through week seven of the NFL, the top ten quarterbacks. Let's go. So, I mean, you could argue for starting at one here because there's more certainty at the top of the league than there is the bottom, but we'll we'll hold true to our uh, to our form here. We always start at 10 and go to one on most of the lists we do. Yeah. Again, we'll hold true on that. Number 10, I'll go Matt Stafford. I think when healthy, he still might throw the best ball in the, in the league. I mean, no looks, uh, touch, got some zip on the ball. There's a reason he was the most talented guy in high school, number one recruit. There's a reason he was the number one overall pick. Matt Stafford has talent, and he's getting his guys back. Cooper Cup is healthy, finally. Uh, Puka Nakua has been really, really good. They have a nice tight end. Um, they they leave a little bit to be desired in the run game department as well as up front. Um, but I think in terms of quarterback talent and, and productivity with not a ton to work with, I, yes, wide receiver-wise, but complimentary football yeah. hasn't been solid uh, thus far in L.A. So I think Matt Stafford is a really, really nice quarterback. He lands at number 10. I was going to say, he plays very well with what he has, right? Like, he might not be lacking in the weapons, but you know everything else that need, you kind of need to get going in, in, in the league: offensive line play, right, running Run game, game, defense, like everything combined. He doesn't have the best setup. Now it's not horrible. No, no, but it's he, not bad. He's doing very well for what he has. Do, like, do we really think Puka Nakua is what he's been in many other places? No, I mean he's been elevated by Matt Stafford for sure, and Sean McVay, I would say as well. Yeah. yeah. Number nine, I, let's go Joe Burrow because I think. I think he's starting to, you know, he's starting to rise. Of course, the last two weeks they've looked better. They've won. They had a bye this past week, um, but he, there's still, there's still something not quite right. I think with that, with that ankle, with that Achilles or whatever calf. Um, so I, he's one of those where I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's number four or three on this list here in about two more weeks. Um, but right now I can't put him any higher. He's honestly on this list just because I know he's going to be better because thus far he has not played at a top 10 level. Um, but on any given third down, he's still the most efficient and most reliable situational quarterback in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in these early weeks where they haven't been very good, he's still situationally brilliant, really accurate, really, safe. really efficient. Safe with the football too. Yeah, very, very good. Um, Joe Burrow, 
at nine. You could argue lower. I think he'll end up being higher uh, in two to three weeks here. So Joe Burrow at nine. I mean, I think a big thing about ranking quarterbacks is how they make you feel. Like as a as a viewer, as a fan of the Bengals, uh, whatever you are, when you're watching the game, you feel safe when Joe Burrow has the football for the most part. 100%. You yeah. trust him. Uh, and I think nine is a good spot for him at this point. Now, I think you're correct. I think, I think he has the most potential to move up quickly. 100%. Out of everybody else on this list. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Number eight, Jared Goff. I Look, like him or don't, I, I don't really care. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. I, I mean, look, he might throw one of the best deep balls in football. Uh, he's, he's a leader. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes good checks it, it's the little things that you don't see that don't show up on the stat sheet with jared i mean just watch the game and just see how how good and how smart of a quarterback right. he is if the screen's not there he's dirt in the football justin fields is going to throw it to the other team like this just it's those little things he keeps you ahead of the chains keeps you on schedule i i know he didn't look good this weekend and the entire team didn't look good but from this weekend aside he's been fantastic i I don't think he gets enough credit. He was number one pick for a reason. He throws a really nice ball. Is he is he Mahomes outside the pocket? No. No, he's not. But is he a really, really solid NFL quarterback from the pocket? Yes, he is. He's fantastic from the pocket. My argument would be, look at Detroit. Are they not worlds better today than 100%. they were before Goff? Yeah. He, I'm not going to say... Is, and they have Stafford, and Stafford's a good quarterback. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that he's like the single-handedly responsible for turning this team around because they did make a lot of changes. A but I would say he line. plays a really, really yeah. big part 100%. Uh, in turning the Lions around. And I think that's just... That, that alone is going to land you up this list. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Number seven, Jalen Hurts. Again, this is a lot like Joe Burrow. Should he be higher? Yeah, maybe. But if he quits turning the football over, he will be higher. I <laughs> yeah. just... Eight, eight turnover or eight picks this year already. He had six all of last year. That that's to go with like I think four or five fumbles. He's just turning the ball over too. We're yeah. averaging almost two turnovers a game. That's just too much. Right. Um, and for a team that's so talented, all you have to do is not make the mistake. Right. Like you can. T- they they're going to talent their way and toughness their way to so many wins if you don't give away possessions. Right now, if you, if I said the Eagles lose. Why? Why? What's your first thought as to why they would have lost? Either fumbles or or picks. It's Jalen Hurts. It's yeah. Jalen Hurts. I it, he is right now the weak link. People talk about oh Brock Purdy's the weak link of the night. Jalen Hurts is one hundred percent the weak link of this team. Yeah, like easily, it's not that close. Um, I, I still think he's great. I still I still would have paid him. But let's not act like he's playing good football right now by any stretch. No, and the thing is, though, he's still winning. Why not play? No, the no, best and that's—I guess I, I, I kind of just shit on the guy at I seven. I was going to say he's at seven. So we let me tell you. Let me tell you why he's at seven. He's <laughs> still dynamic go. with his legs. Still dynamic with his legs. Still a really good leader. Still winning football games. Still good enough with his arm. Uh, but he's just not higher because of the, the mistakes. But he's still been very, very good. Yeah, I mean, winning football games in this league doesn't come easily. And I know that we just kind of crapped on the Dolphins a little bit last segment too, but. At the end of the day, the Dolphins are a pretty damn good team. And if yeah, you can and he keep made pace him, yeah. with them yeah. and that offense. He played well. 100%. I would agree. Number six, Josh Allen. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Stop turning the ball over. I just, I He's feel making like, a lot of dumb reads, too, though. I've seen him play the last 100%. two weeks. Oh. I feel like I feel like I'm watching him. I feel like he's trying to recreate that that playoff game against the Chiefs. Like it just every play is just going for broke hero. I think he's just in his head. He's just like, okay, it's the fourth quarter of that game. Like it's not. It's the first quarter against the Patriots. You don't throw the ball into triple coverage on the first play. On the first play from scrimmage, dude, dirt the ball. Like it just run. Like if if it's not there, take off. You're huge. Dirt the ball. Throw it away. Whatever. Um, it just feels like he's doing too much. Gotten in his head a bit. But at the end of the day, he still is probably the most physically gifted quarterback in football. Yeah. He still, as a passer in terms of completion percentage, passer rating, he still grades out as a top five guy. Um, and what he does with his legs has to be taken into account. So he's at six. Um, a lot of people would have him at two or three. I don't think he's an MVP candidate. I don't think he's a top five quarterback in football. But I do think he's easily top ten. I think he's a very, very good talent. Big guy, can move, can make all the throws. So, yeah, it's six is fine. Not yeah. by, he can definitely play his way into the top five the rest of the season. Yeah, but yeah. at this moment in time, no, he's I, not a top five quarterback. If you said the next next five years, I would not take him. I think there's five guys I would take ahead of them. Yeah. So I just, that's fair enough. Number five, Tua. Uh, I know he didn't look good in Philly, but five out of seven games, he has been historic. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, look, leads the league in completion percentage, leads it in passer rating. I don't know what more you want from the kid. I mean, he's been really good. He's been really good. He's not making any mistakes. Um, yeah. And what he's been working with in terms of offensive line has been abysmal. Uh, 
he's good at the line of scrimmage. I, I like Tua a lot. It's just his health is the concern. His health is the concern. And yes, against good teams, he does shrink a little bit. Yeah, and but at the end of the day, he leads the league in passing yards. He leads you the give, league yeah. in points scored. Like he you got to give credit where credit's due. Oh yeah. For, so we talk about the guys on the rise. He's gonna fall out of the top five. I'll tell you right now. I don't. Yeah, I don't I, view him as a top seven quarterback. I could see him. I, was I think he's going to end up could, somewhere around eight, eight or nine. I could see when him it all finishing the out. season at eight. Yeah. Yeah. I just, but right now he's played really, really well. You got to give him credit. Yeah. Number four, Justin Herbert. I, I'm a huge Herbert supporter. I don't think he gets enough credit. I think the people bashing him right now just don't watch the games. Um, everything that they do well is related to Justin Herbert. Everything they don't do well is things that, that Brand Staley or, or non-Justin Herbert named people have to do with. I, he's been really good in the red zone, really good on third down. I, I mean, sets records behind bad offensive lines. Uh, he, he, two of his top three targets are, are hurt in and out of the lineup every week. Austin Eckler hasn't been the same since he's, you know, come off the IR. It's just, he's constantly dealing with stuff, and he's just setting records and being spectacular week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, I like his play a lot. It's just very unfortunate, all the different obstacles he has to overcome to play like that. So, if you're looking at if the top ten If you take the leash off of him... And you get a you get a good coach oh, that yeah. knows what they're doing, and you can really build around him. Oh, that I mean, if you're looking so at a top ten quarterback, who what what are the boxes you're looking for? One, what are the boxes you're looking to check? Smart, okay, four point two in college. I yeah. think he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he'll be okay. Uh, big, yeah, he's like six five two fifty. Can move, yeah, he's hyper mobile. Like can move really well, although he prefers to throw from the pocket. Yeah. That's exactly what you're looking for. Big arm, of course, accurate, yes, grown up, yes. Like he checks every box. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Number three, uh, big, strong, can move, accurate, good leader. I mean, this team is in a rebuild, and they're five and two. He's fantastic. I think he's obviously helped by a really nice coaching staff, but so is everybody. Name me the great Hall of Fame level quarterback that had a bad coach. They don't exist. Trevor Lawrence is that guy. He is every bit of the prospect that that people thought he would be. I give it three years before he's in a Super Bowl. I think it's they help. It, they're helped by a weak schedule, and he's taking advantage of it. Trevor Lawrence at three. Yeah, I like it. I mean, he's ripped off four straight very quietly. Not many people are they're still weary and hesitant to give him credit, which is insane he, to me. I, I mean, the performance on Thursday Night Football on the road on a bum knee, that was, yeah. that was unbelievable. Lamar Jackson at two. I think there's an argument that he's the MVP of the league this year, no, th- thus far. This guy's playing his ass off. Uh, outside of that game against Pittsburgh, he has been fantastic. And actually, if you look at his game against Pittsburgh, he played really well. They just dropped like seven passes. Like, yeah. he played... You know, he had that one bad pick to Joey Porter Jr. in the red zone. Other than that, his offensive line shit the bed and his receivers couldn't catch. But he has been fantastic this year. Yeah. Uh, he There's an argument that he has been the best quarterback in football. And if the Patrick Mahomes wasn't around, he would be. Patrick Mahomes is number one. Look, I don't know what you want me to tell you. We're throwing a guy's name, Rasheed Rice. I just... <laughs> I. And he's succeeding. I, outside of Travis Kelsey, they have no number one. You could argue no number two level target, and he just keeps winning and keeps succeeding, keeps putting up numbers. Mahomes at one. It looks really good. And I mean, that's not going to change for a while. No, no. Stafford at nine. Or Stafford at ten. Burrow at nine. Goff at eight. Hurts at seven. Josh Allen at six. Tua at five. Herbo and Lawrence at four and three, respectively. Lamar at two, and number one, Patrick Mahomes. That that makes a ton of sense. Love it. That is the top ten quarterback list. It is now time to get into week eight predictions. Every pick for every game. Let's go. I'll start with tonight's game. Okay, no, I was looking at the wrong thing. Okay, we're good now. We're good now. <laughs> Tampa Bay at Buffalo. Uh, to me, Tampa's a, I don't want to say, like a, like a sleeper pick here. Um, but you're going to see a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of money. The line's at eight and a half. Uh, it's come down even then. Mm. Um, I I don't. I think this is going to be closer than you think. I'll take Buffalo to win, but yeah. I think it's going to be closer than you think. I'll go. I'll go with the Bills, but I. To me, it's not like a resounding Buffalo. Yeah, I mean they have underperformed the last couple of weeks. So like, what do we have? to go on to say that they're... they're and Baker's been good. Baker's been competent. The last two weeks he's been a little shaky, but Baker's been competent. Yeah, I mean, I could see it being a closer game than, than a lot of people see, but I definitely see Buffalo winning this. Yeah, yeah. See. No, Buffalo's going to win. Yeah. Philadelphia at Washington. I'll go ahead and take the Eagles. Uh, they're the more physical team. They're the more disciplined team. They mm-hmm. have the better defense, despite having... Despite, you know, Washington having a defensive coach and a ton of first-round picks. They've been underwhelming as well. Uh, yeah, I think Philly's better top to bottom. Yeah, Philly. Uh, Front no, office, coaching staff, everybody. Washington is just not in a place where they're ready to beat them. And, and especially with the uh, the brotherly shove, you're going to see a lot of yards gained that way, too. Sirianni brought up a good point. It's like it's first and nine. 
Like, it's not first and ten. Because yeah. all you need to do is get nine yards, and you know you're going to convert. Well, they've been getting three to four on every one of those plays. It's like a it's wild. first and seven every time they start. Yeah. Vikings at the Packers. The Vikings are a better team. They're the side here. Um, Kirk Cousins is... I mean, look, Jordan, the Jordan Love, I know it's only six games in. I, to me, I've seen enough. I don't think he's that guy. Um, I think and people actually, were way too high on him. Oh, yeah. Way and too actually, many expectations. And Kirk Cousins has actually been very good at Lambeau in his career. Not a lot of di- the divisional opponents, right? Aaron Rodgers and Favre owned that division for years. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of those divisional opponents have been good at Lambeau. He's actually... One game better than 500 at Lambeau in his career uh, for the for the Vikings. So I I like him on the road to uh, to kind of keep the ball rolling for the Vikings. Yeah, I think it's going to go two games above 500 there at Lambeau for good old Kirk. Uh, Rams and Cowboys. Look, Cowboys coming off a bye. Look, I don't think they're great, but off a bye, the Rams. Pittsburgh's one of those teams that yeah, that's a physical game. Like you you yeah. feel that for a week. Yeah, you get beat up. I think Pittsburgh. the more rested team at home. I think the line is actually interesting. It's six and a half for Dallas. Um, that's an interesting line. I don't know. I don't know which side I would be on. That's not in the in the bets on a budget, but but that to me that the Cowboys are the side here. Yeah, uh, Cowboys for sure. I think that their their offensive weapons and their defense is, is sort of undeniable. It's just a matter of is, is Dak, Dak going to lose? The, yeah, is, is Dak yeah. going to screw the game for you? It's weird. Both the teams in the NFC East, I feel the same way about really talented rosters. Jalen and Dak. No, I think I think Philly's better, but yeah. it's like, do Jalen and Dak make the big mistake? Yes or no? If it's no, then you probably win the game. Yeah. It's, it's kind of it. Saints at the Colts, our first split here. You're going to go and take the visiting New Orleans Saints. They've burned me too many times. I can't put my faith in Derek Carr. And I saw Gardner Minshew be wildly productive against a historically good Browns defense. I'm going to take the Colts. I think they're. I think Shane Steichen is a an evil genius at play caller. I think Minshew is plenty good enough. They run the football, control the line of scrimmage. Pittman and Pierce on the outside are good enough. Josh Downs is emerging. And their defense, although it can get exposed a little bit, is is better than people give it credit for. I think the Colts are a much better football team than, than New Orleans right now. Yeah, I, I'm going to take New Orleans here. Now, I'm not a big fan of how Carr has been playing up until this point, but I mean, yes, I can acknowledge that Minshew has been a, a really good backup, but I think his luck has to run out at some point, right? Like, I, I don't see him playing all that great every single week, and especially against a pretty good defense in New Orleans. Yeah. I think it could get ugly for, for the Colts. And uh, it's fair. It, to me, it's more of a pick em game. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, which it, I mean, it is. Indianapolis favored by a point, so. I mean, I'll take the Saints. Uh, Texans at the Panthers. Another split here. I, I, I'm going to take the upset of the week here. The Panthers, to me, at 0-6, I think they get their first win at home. Look, I like Houston, um, but to me, like, this is almost one of those something's got to give. And I think Bryce Young, you've been seeing him kind of put it together the last couple weeks. He's looked better and better each week uh, coming off a bye, the Panthers are. I, I think they're a better football team. or They're not a better football team. I think this is a better spot for them than for the Texans. They're at home. C.J. Stroud's coming in. They're also off of a bye. Uh, but generally, offensive coaches off a bye. Frank Reich are better than defensive coaches off a bye. D'Amico Ryans. I'll take the Panthers to win in a little bit of a chess match. 17-16, upset of the week. Now, while I can admit that they have been kind of playing a little bit better and they are due to win a game, I just don't think it's this one. I think Houston is going to start. I mean, it, they're already above expectations what we thought they would be. C.J. Stroud is a, a very good and competent quarterback, and he can he has, I think, a lot of special uh, potential. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of banking on that and, and the Texans to kind of stay at that level that they've been at because unless Carolina makes some crazy rise up to that level, I don't see them winning this week. And I see that more of an, an anomaly, and the stats aren't really in that favor. Fair point. Another split here. Jags at the Steelers. I'm going to go ahead and fade the Steelers again. It bites me in the ass every time. I'm just <laughs> going to keep doing it until it works. Look, I'm getting the better coach in terms of offense. It's an offensive league in 2023. I'm getting the better coach right now. I, I like Tomlin. I like Tomlin a lot. With a slightly re, like with a worse roster, Doug Peterson's winning more consistently. And in an offensive league, he's on the right side of the ball. I get a better coach. I get a better quarterback. I get better skill position players. Um, I, I get not a better defense, but a good enough defense against this pop gun of an offense that is Pittsburgh. I'll take the Jags to win. Still fairly close. I'll go 21-20 Jags. Yeah, uh, I don't want to get... I, I'm not never going to be the Steelers fan that is overzealous with the expectations. Um, I understand what they are, but at the end of the day, you have to recognize the fact that the offense did look better in the second half of that game on Sunday. Um, so I, I think... 
there are some things that are starting to click in Pittsburgh. And I don't think, you know, Matt Cannon doesn't have much to do with it. Uh, the play calling has been slightly better, but I also think everybody's just finally starting to gel. And I expect that Pittsburgh defense to absolutely rip to shreds that Jacksonville offense. And we've seen them, we've seen the Steelers do this to so many teams. Uh, and the perfect example are the Ravens and the Rams. I mean, two pretty very good offenses yeah uh couldn't get anything going against this front and against that secondary with minka and joey porter jr coming into his own uh so i like the steelers here in a very very tight game but i like the steelers it's certainly i i don't i don't hate the idea patriots at the dolphins i think the dolphins are a better team uh i think the only reason you'd watch this is if you're gonna bet the line which is nine and a half miami and we'll get to that in a second but uh i think they're a better football team i think they win unless you're like a big alabama fan too and mac jones and Tua. yeah that's about it Jets at the Giants. We are split on this one. I'm going to go take the Jets. Look, I I like Tyrod Taylor. I think it's, you know, night and later that night in terms of, you know, Zach Wilson and Tyrod. I think Tyrod's, Tyrod's a safer quarterback, but I think the ceiling's a little bit higher with Zach. Um, Zach has a better arm, I would say. Yeah, Zach has yeah. a better arm. I think there's an argument that down the field he's a little bit more accurate, although Tyrod's been pushing the ball and he's looked good doing it. Uh, look, I, I get a better defense, a better run game. I will take uh, the Jets over the Giants. You're going to take the Giants. Yeah, uh, like you said, he's uh, Tyrod is just a little bit safer, and I like that accuracy that he's able to provide. Uh, I, th- I think it fits in well. It's going to be a test. The Jets' defense is no joke. Uh, Tyrod is going to really have to strap it on a play well this week. Um, now, I don't. I don't know how it ends up shaking out, but it, I just don't trust the Jets. I still see them as that same old Jets team, and they play a lot like it, especially with an, a quarterback that's not all that special, that, that has a tendency to lose games for you. I'm just going to go Giants here on, on a leap of faith. It's a fair point. Falcons, Titans, I'm going to take the Falcons. I get a more consistent team. I don't know what I'm getting with, with Tennessee. I don't even know if Tannehill's going to play, and if he does, he's two touchdowns, six picks on the year. It's It's... Tennessee's burned me too many times. I can't take them. I can't. I I, I don't know, I don't bet Atlanta either, and I'm not putting say, any scratch on this. Just for predictions. And here's the thing: I was thinking about taking Tennessee, but I just know if I do, Atlanta's going to burn me again. <laughs> and like I I won't I won't even pick them, and they'll burn me. So I'm going to go ahead and take Atlanta just for safety precautions. Yeah, uh, you know it's bad when we're both picking Atlanta. Yeah, fifth split here: Browns at the Seahawks. You're going to take the Browns. You like their front against Seattle? I think it's a fair point. Love that defense. Um, I just think Seattle. Conversely, their secondary. I, I mean, who gets open for Cleveland? I I like Amari Cooper. He was almost a non-factor in that game against the Colts. I mean, outside of him, who gets open? I don't know if anybody does. So I have major concern about the Browns' offense as well. And I think Seattle, uh, with a more experienced coach, more experienced quarterbacks, I think P.J. Walker will probably end up playing, although Deshaun passed concussion protocol, so we'll see. Um, I think Seattle's the side. I'll take them, especially at home. But I do see your argument for the Browns. Go ahead and lay it out for I'm us. I'm going Cleveland. Defensive game. It's going to be tight. It's going to be very physical. Score prediction? Um. Oh, man. Maybe like a 17-13 type Ooh, game. It's going I to be... was thinking that, except reverse. I'm going to go for Seattle. You're going really? to do that for Cleveland. Yeah, I just think at the end of the day, you're probably going to see a defensive touchdown for Cleveland. Uh, they're really good at getting turnovers. Um, I don't think they're going to give Seattle too much time with the ball. Um, so, I'm going to actually go 16-13. 16-13. A little, a little different there. A little bit different. Anyway, Chiefs at the Broncos. Chiefs are a better team. They're going to win. Yeah, that one doesn't need talked about all that much. They won six straight. The Broncos are absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Bengals at the Niners. Now, I thought about this, but I think the Niners are the side here being at home. And and what are the odds that Kyle Shanahan team loses three straight? Not very high. They lost two on the road. Okay, it's hard to win on the road in the NFL. Yeah. Like, I I feel like coming back home, I know the Bengals are off a bye. I know Burrow's going to be healthier. I just I think the Niners are a better team. I think the Niners are a better team, and I think when you have With to travel hunger, across country too, yeah. that, that's just that's an added it's tough. stress. It's tough. Added stress. Ravens at the Cardinals. Ravens are there's an argument for the best team in the AFC. I think they're number two, but uh, definitely better than better than the Cardinals. I'll yeah, take them. The Cardinals have returned to returned back to what they are. And what we what thought, we thought, they'd thought they would be. be. Yeah, they are who we thought they were. Shout out uh, the. One Cardinals coach with something green. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Remember that clip? Yeah. yeah. Chicago at the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers. 
Chargers. I am not picking. Not picking Tyson the Bears. Agent. Are we kidding? Or if Justin Fields comes back, either. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, Raiders at the Lions. Lions are a much better team. Good teams that lose always come back strong. They lost to Seattle earlier this year and came back strong with a win. I think same thing here. They get humiliated. They come back home prime time. They're going to be playing inspired football. They'll beat the Raiders by, uh, but I think pretty handily by two touchdowns. Yeah, um, the Raiders don't stay much of a chance here. I would say. Love it. What are the splits? All right, splits we have. I have the Colts. You have the Saints. I'll take the Panthers. You take the Texans. I will once again fade the Steelers and take the Jags. You'll take the Steelers. I got the Jets. You got the Giants. And I will take Seattle. You'll take Cleveland. Love it. All right, guys, those are the Week 8 predictions. When we return, we will have our Week 8 bets on a budget. I love the bets, by the way. Three yeah. dogs. Three dogs and two favorites. I I I feel like this is a five and zero week cooking. Love it. Well, we need a five and I feel like we're getting recover. back on the we're getting back on the on the wagon today. Yeah, we need to recover. So bets on a budget coming at you next, followed by game of the week. Don't miss it. All right, here we go. Third segment Thursday, October twenty sixth, episode two oh nine. Uh, last one of October. We mentioned that the season is getting into mid season form quicker than I thought it would. Feels like we just started. It uh, feels like October just got here and it is already gone. Depending on what, when you're watching this episode, this camera cut, this segment, this video on YouTube, it might be different. It might be into November by now. So, I mean, I guess you're savor, watching it that late. That's wild. Savor, but, uh, savor the NFL season as much as we can. Uh, we got week eight bets on a budget in this segment. So if you're watching the bets video and you're in November, you missed the wagon on the bets. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> you're going to be fair. a little late on the on the jump. <laughs> or the uh, the good old game of the week, Bengals and 49ers that we have coming up yeah. at the end of the episode. But guys, go check out theissuesports.com. Uh, it's in the description of the episode or video, wherever you're watching. Uh, go check it out. we got good stuff over there. Newsletter comes out every Wednesday. Go ahead and subscribe right there on the homepage. Also, we got some merch. And all the videos and featured stuff from both podcasts are also on theissuesports.com. You can go check it all out, uh, share it with a friend, send it around. And then that also has all of the platforms that you can find our show on, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Amazon Prime Video, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and, of course, the iHeartRadio app. But Oh, so many. It's time you to You love get, to see it, though. Yeah, you really do. Accessible. Um, Easily. We're... Unlike the NHL with blackouts everywhere, <laughs> yeah. now they're on ESPN and Apple TV and they make it harder and harder to watch the game every year. Not us, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's very easy to find us. Uh, just go check it out, The Issue Sports. That's why you should just watch us instead of the NHL. NHL, The Issue, I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, I, I would, I would argue we're better and more entertaining at points. We talk about a more important sport. Yeah, 100%. All right, guys, <laughs> without any... Further delays, we got the week eight bets on a budget. The five best lines that we could find around the NFL for the value that you can get them at. Here we go, bets on a budget. I don't normally like doing Thursday night games because if it doesn't go your way, you just start the week in the hole. Right? I don't normally like to do that. If I'm going to lose, like give it to me all on Sunday. One day, I can hurt and then move on. Right? Like yeah, tease Thursday, me a bit. if I lose, <laughs> then I'm kind of in a pit then till Sunday. Like I'm in, I'm in a bit of a going to dig myself out. Well, especially if you parlay it. If you right, parlay well, it, well, then, then you're, then you're really screwed. But uh, yeah. But anyway, Tampa plus eight and a half at Buffalo. I just like the number so much. I mean, Buffalo has been playing close games the past like three to four weeks now. Uh, basically, since that Miami blowout, they've been in close games. Uh, and let's be real here. Josh Allen makes mistakes. And that's actually a very good defense. Devin White, you know, Levante David, they can get after the passer a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't love their guys in the back end, but they're experienced on the back end, so they're not going to get beat. They may not be dynamic, but they're not going to get beat. Uh, they stop the run, so it's going to be basically all on Josh Allen's arm. We've seen if it's all on Josh Allen's arm, he tends to push it a little bit too much, make mistakes. I think plus eight and a half, that's too, that's too many points for me to give up to a competent quarterback and a good defense with a good roster. Yeah. I, just, I think Buffalo wins. I think it's a field goal type game, and prime time in general has been a lot closer than we've seen in past years. Like primetime unders are at an all-time high. Primetime covers for the underdog are at an all-time high. I will continue that trend. Tampa plus eight and a half. Yeah, I like it. And and what stats and what argument do we have that we have seen from Buffalo that says that they're going to be able to put Tampa away rather quickly and easily? It's just that Miami Um, game. Yeah. If you want to include that the fact that they killed Vegas, then, I mean, go ahead. But it's Vegas. Yeah, this is not the same sort of matchup. Uh, I I do like the plus eight here. Plus eight and a half. This is almost me personally. This You're probably not going to back this one, but I think Carolina winning outright at plus three over Houston. Definitely they're, a shakier one. They're at home. 
Um, to me, them getting points. I think it's a close game either way. If Carolina does lose, I, I see it being a yeah. one, two-point type game. Um, but again, I'm, I'm kind of going on a limb here and saying Carolina's with the upset of the week. They, they've they got to win a game eventually, right? They're too good of a team. Well, they're not that good. <laughs> it's too good of a coach, too talented of a quarterback. I know he doesn't have much outside of Thielen to work with, but Thielen's been good. They can run the ball a little bit. The defense can get after the passer. They got a couple guys there to where it's it's at least interesting. I'll take Carolina plus three. They're going to win their first game. Houston's fine coming off a bye, but uh, so is Carolina. Offensive coaches off a bye are better than defensive coaches. That's what I'm relying on here. I could definitely see it being close. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about Carolina winning. Um but you said you got him at plus three. Yeah, plus three. I mean, I'd feel better at three and a half I mean, or uh, two and a half. Hey, but. hey, we've seen crazier things. We could have Houston win. I'm by, sorry, I'd feel better at three and a half. My bad. Yeah. Houston could win by one or two. And Houston I'd be all could right. win by yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, again, would feel better at three and a half. You probably could get it at three and a half some places, but uh, I got it at three. New England plus nine and a half at Miami. Last time they played it was a seven point game, and it felt closer than that. If we're being honest, uh, look, Miami against good defenses tends to stall. Point blank, I know they're at home. I know you could argue, okay, tough loss going back home, uh, warm weather, don't have to deal with any wind, or, you know, it's not going to be chilly or anything, but I just, New England's defense is too well, good, we watched, they get after the passer too much, yeah. Miami's line is too beat up. We've watched Bill and that New England defense bully Josh Allen a little bit last week. Yeah, and the first time they played two, it wasn't two wasn't that spectacular. No, so it's definitely going to be a closer game. It's not going to be a blowout. I think Miami. Miami wins. I think they win by about a touchdown, just like they did last time. I'll, yeah. I'll take them, you know, twenty three sixteen. But I don't think it's a a ten point game. Like it's almost a double digit spread for this game. I don't. I don't think that in division. No, I don't see that happening at yeah, all. Yeah, I like that bet. Kansas City minus seven and a half at Denver. Again, I would feel better at seven or six and a half. You're getting kind of screwed on the seven and a half, right? Because what if they win by a touchdown? Well, they're kind of screwed. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think they're going to be kicking a lot of field goals. I think they're going to be punching in a lot versus Denver. Right. I just my my goal is that their defense holds. Because I think Mahomes is going to put up at least three touchdowns. <laughs> Can we hold them to thirteen or less? I think, I think that's so. I think that is very very doable. I'll take Kansas City to win thirty five sixteen. Yeah. Um... Kansas City's gonna have their way. Even if they even if they win ugly like they did last time, it was nineteen eight. They still cover. Kansas City's defense hasn't been like that bad either. This no, the year, defense's right? been fantastic. So, like, it's been top five. They've been playing above what they were expected. No one else and, in the league has held people to twenty one or less in every single game. Hey, and if the Packers are holding them, holding the Broncos down a little bit, I, I could easily see the Chiefs just you know running away with this one. I would agree. Uh, Detroit minus eight versus Vegas. I think again, okay. good team. Coming home, prime time, after they get not just beat, but curb stomped, house painted, utterly humiliated uh, on the road against Baltimore. They're, I mean, Dan Campbell and that that tough team, that tough organization, you know that they're going to be coming back just ready to thump somebody. Oh, yeah. And then there's just, just lame duck Vegas just sitting there just waiting to be just field dressed. Run over. Yeah, I, I'll take Detroit by three touchdowns. I think it's a... A 35-14 type of game. I like Detroit a lot here. Yeah. A lot. I, I think they're really going to start catching their stride even. And this is going to be the first game that does that. Yeah. So you know we got I mean? three early, well, I guess two early window, one Thursday. So three early underdogs. Tampa Bay plus eight and a half. Carolina plus three. And New England plus nine and a half. And we'll go with the two late favorites. Kansas City minus seven and a half at Denver in that 425 window. And Detroit minus eight versus Vegas in that Monday night game. Love it. Should be good. Good bets. Hoping to turn things around that 0-5 week. A week we've got it. I, to me, this this feels 5-0. and Yeah, I mean, we're above 500 still, and that's the our Buffalo, goal. The Buffalo one and the Carolina one make me nervous, but I think one of those hits. I don't think okay. both would be – I'm taking the risk. Realistically, one of them probably hits. Yeah. And then the other three I feel really good about. I think that this one might get us back to sharp level. 56%. I think so. That's what we're aiming for. All right, guys. Game of the week time. The biggest game in the NFL for week eight. We got the Bengals and the 49ers. Here we go. Well, so it's interesting because you always talk about what separates. The, you know, everybody's talented in the league. So where where is the separation? Where is the extra motivation? Right? We talk about, I talk about it a lot. Good teams that, that lose and get humiliated. I talk uh, a lot about bye weeks, health. Um, quarterback matchup, momentum, right? There's the other things that play into it because the talent gaps are so small in this sport. This is not college where Vanderbilt goes and gets destroyed 
seven times a year. This is just not the case in the NFL. So where where is the advantage? You could argue that it's almost even, but for different reasons. The Bengals obviously coming off a bye, which is a team that's needed the rest, right? Joe Burrow's been banged up. Uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, especially T. Higgins, has been banged up. Uh, some guys in the offensive line have been banged up. Orlando Brown, specifically the left tackle, who is their best offensive lineman. Uh, so to, for them to get some of those guys healthy, that's huge for them. So you could you could argue advantage Cincinnati. Uh, but then again, I go back to how many times has Kyle Shanahan lost three straight? Not very, especially often, with no. that good of a roster. Like I can I, can I see a team with six future Hall of Famers getting getting you know losing three straight? No. I just can't. No. Right. So coming back home uh, with with that chip on their shoulder to me that's the side. But again. Those benefits, you could argue that they balance out. So I, then it comes down to matchups. So let's get to the the, uh, the keys to victory here um, for this matchup. Let's start with the Bengals. On the offensive side, I think you got to attack them on the outside. I, I know that you want to run the ball and stay somewhat balanced, but your strength where you have the mismatch is your third receiver is Tyler Boyd. What number three corner is as good as Tyler Boyd? What number three corner is good enough to cover Tyler Boyd? Yeah, not many. not many of them. Tyler Boyd's a very, very good number. He's probably the best three in the league. Yeah, he would be a low end two most places. He is a great number three. What number two is good enough to cover six five T Higgins? <laughs> not that many, right? And then of course you have Jamar Chase. Nobody's good enough to cover Jamar Chase. So your matchups are on the outside. If you try to run the ball up the middle, you know, thirty times, it's just not going to work out. I know it's a lot to ask of Joe Burrow, one with a hurt calf, but I think that's where you have to attack him. Yeah, I, you, you absolutely have to. Um, the key to beat the 49ers is always going to be try to disrupt that defense as early as possible, too. Well, yeah, you got to get them on their heels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you can start getting stuff over the top and then supplement that with a run, I mean, you have to hit them with a two-prone attack because you're not going to get No, you can't anywhere. be one-dimensional. No, you can't get anywhere against this team being I, one-dimensional. I do think, I think the... Um... Like, so that you could leave a back or a tight end in to chip against a Bosa or against that really nice pass rush. Yeah. Because you have the guys that are going to be able to win on one-on-ones or even one-on-twos. Uh, like, even double teams, you have guys that can win in matchups in coverage, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I know it's college football, but we saw Penn State. They just didn't have anybody that could win on the outside. Right. I'm not, I, I drew out and play well, but they didn't have anybody that was consistently winning on the outside. The Bengals can consistently win on the outside, so you can afford to keep a guy in and help block with that offensive line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on defense for the Bengals, I would say pressure Brock Purdy. We've seen kind of the bill. If you can get um, after him. Yeah, if you can get after him. Yeah. You, if he stands there with time, he is going to dissect you, Kittle over the middle. They have guys that maybe you can cover Ayuk for three seconds. Four, five, six, nope. You, I mean, you just stand no chance. Um, with guys that are just really good at extending their route tree, Brock Purdy can extend the play. Um, they, you know, if he's rolling out to the right, they have guys that are going to go make a play for him. They, 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 they understand the flow of the game. They understand holes in the zone. So you have to get after Brock. If he extends the play, he's going to kill you. Yeah, uh, that that's where you run into trouble if you're Cincinnati, and that's where it, it gets very, very dangerous. I would agree. Okay, for, for the Niners, offensively, to me, you got to get back to basics. Get Elijah Mitchell some carries. Get McCaffrey some carries. I want three guys with 10-plus carries. 35 carries on the day. Get back to basics. Drop Brock back 25 times. Yeah. You know, he'll get sacked one or two and – and uh, so, you know, he'll have 22, 23, you know, passing attempts. That's where Brock Purdy should be. Get back to basics. Zone run scheme. Pound the rock. Three or four guys getting carries. Right. That's the way to beat this defense. Yeah, 100% agree. So, score prediction? Oh, we have the defense. Oh, yeah, that's right. Double Jamar Chase. Screw it. Double him. Just lock him down the whole time. Double him. I, I know that I, I just, you know, talked about how good Tyler Boyd and, and T. Higgins are. But you stand no chance if all three are going to beat you. You have to double Jamar Chase and just take your chances on the other two. Yeah. I don't know. What else are you going to do? Uh, score prediction. Niners 27-23. 27 27-23 Niners. 27-23 Niners. Okay. Uh, obviously, I'm taking the Niners. I'm going to go you – know, give me – Give me 33-31. I think Ooh, it's going to be high scoring. Sh- high score, okay. High scoring, but I think the Cincinnati offense has the pieces to kind of break out even against a good defense. Yeah, yeah. And I think the the weapons and everything that you have going for you in San Francisco also has that ability to kind of make it the shootout feel. We'll see. They scored maybe 17. A couple, maybe a couple defensive touchdowns on both sides, who knows. Maybe they uh, scored 17 in back-to-back weeks. So I don't feel great about that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I 
I think it's going to be a good game nevertheless. We will see. All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. Make sure you go check out the website. You can follow us on all the social medias and find all the social medias there. The Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, or Facebook, yeah, everywhere. You can find it in the link tree. All the links, super easy to find, description of the episode or the video, wherever you're watching. Guys, we appreciate it. We will catch you back here next Thursday, and that was The Issue.